You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear Christina, Nikki, Krista, Will, Jill, Heather, Daryl, and Lori, today is your confirmation. Which is to say, today is the day that you stand before God and man and put your name on the teaching of the catechism. To say, yes, I have learned the Lord's word and I believe it. And perhaps a little bit more, it is to say that I treasure it. You treasure the Lord's word. When you find the Lord's doctrine, or perhaps to say that uh, more correctly, when when the Lord's doctrine finds you, there is great joy in this. Because you have been found by life. You have been found by salvation. You have been found by God who overflows with mercy and compassion with a faithfulness that knows no ends. So wonderful, in fact, is the Lord's teaching and so important that we will stand here today and say that I would rather, I would rather have this teaching than my own life. This is the vow of martyrdom, which all that have been confirmed have made. The question is like this. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? Now, uh, a couple of notes on the question. When it says congregation and church there, it doesn't mean uh, Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora. In fact, it doesn't even mean the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. It rather means the teaching, the doctrine of the catechism. It means a congregation where law and gospel is preached and the catechism is taught. In fact, if something were to happen, God forbid it, if something were to happen that law and gospel were not preached from this pulpit or the catechism was not taught in this congregation, then this vow, this martyr's vow, would have you work against the preaching that doesn't have law and gospel, work to reform the teaching that has left the catechism, and if it can't be done, to in fact leave the church and find a pulpit where the truth of the Lord's word is heard. Now this vow, this promise, is a recognition of the treasure that the Lord has for us in his word, so that we can say with confidence, I would rather have this teaching than my life, precisely because we recognize that the teaching is our life. The gospel's promise of the forgiveness of sins because of the death of Jesus is our only hope in this life and in the life to come. In sickness and in death, this is our one confidence. So I tell you, uh, as I tell the youth confirmands, to impress upon them what they're saying in this vow. And in fact, this is for all of you, not just for the confirmands, for all those who would, who would bind our name up to the catechism. I tell you this picture. Imagine that standing back by the back door is an axe man. I, I, I don't know. Use your imagination. I know we don't have axe men hanging around. You have to kind of get a little bit medieval. And he's some sort of official government type of axe man, and uh, otherwise we just call the police, you know. But he's there officially, stationed by, with the government, and, uh, and this uh, axe man has the job of asking you, as you leave the church, are you a Christian? Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? And if you say yes, whoosh, 
off comes your head. <laughs> On the other hand, if you say no, off you go to the lunch buffet. <laughs> now, all of us who have been confirmed have stood here at the altar and answered that question. We've said, my answer is yes. And that, in fact, is what confirmation is. But this Axeman situation, I suspect, is hard for us to imagine. It wouldn't have been hard to imagine for the early church. That's how it was. The officials would come into the church. They'd come around into people's houses. They'd haul off the Christians, and they'd bring them before the little Caesar altar that they had set up in the village, and they'd give them a pinch of incense, and they'd command them, uh, offer this incense, this little sacrifice, to this altar, and make the confession that Caesar is Lord. And the Christians wouldn't do it. Many of them refused. And so off they would go to be eaten by the lions or to be boiled alive or to be set on fire or to have their heads cut off or to be crucified, maybe even crucified upside down or skinned alive or whatever sort of horrific things the pagans could imagine to coerce blasphemy out of the mouths of the Lord's people. In fact, in one way or another, when we read the scriptures and when we pray, the Lord is there preparing us for martyrdom, to confess our faith even unto death. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? I do by the grace of God. Now, it might be some comfort to you who are getting ready to say this that that, that even though we've had generations and generations of Lutheran confirmands, and even though the church prays generation after generation for the gift of martyrdom, I don't know a single Lutheran confirmand in the United States that has ever met the axe man. <laughs> but this, dear saints, does not mean that the devil has left us alone. Luther calls the devil the master of a thousand arts which is to say that he has plenty of strategies to use to tempt us away from the doctrine. He doesn't always use axemen. Sometimes he uses the Broncos playing early on Sunday morning. <laughs> All right. Sometimes he uses your job or he uses your busyness or he uses your shame. Or he uses, he uses your pleasures all to tempt you away from the Lord and His Word and to draw you away from His church. This, in fact, is the, first, is the point of the first part of the parable that Jesus had in the Gospel reading. This king has prepared this massive, wonderful feast and the servants go out and invite the guests and they say, come, everything has been made ready. Come to the feast. And the guests... All of them, every single one of them, refused the invitation. Now, it is not as if these guests had to go on some sort of brave and heroic quest to reach this feast. It is not as if their life was in danger if they were to say yes to go to, the, to accept this invitation. They simply had to wash their hands and walk down the street, but they all refuse and have excuses. Here it is in the text. A man once gave a banquet and invited many. At the time for the banquet, he sent his servants to say to those who had been invited, Come, everything is now ready. And they all began alike to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. 
So we see that oftentimes Christians fall from the faith. Not from fear, but from laziness. Not from cowardliness, but from covetousness. Not because they lacked courage, but simply because they lacked interest. Because the church was something you did on Sunday morning. Because God seems like an awful nice guy. And because in this life everything seems like it's going okay. Repent. Salvation is easy for you because it was agonizing for Jesus. Forgiveness is free for you because it cost Jesus his life. God's word is found richly among us because the Holy Spirit is working. Because the Lord's angels are busy beating back the demons. Because Jesus wants more than anything else to have you in his kingdom forever. So in the end, it's the poor and the crippled and the lame that come into the king's feast. It's those who are lost in the hedges, walking down the street, that find their way into this master's banquet. It is sinners who find refuge in the Lord's church and hope in his word. And in the end, it is those who know the peril of their own sinfulness who cling tightly never to let go of the promise that your sins are forgiven. So, dear sinners, your sins are forgiven. You are loved by Jesus. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are washed by the blood of the Savior who gave up everything so that He could call you by His name. You are covered with the white robes of the righteousness of Christ. You are invited to the feast and you have come. You have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And even as you are known, as you know the Lord's mercy, you are known by the Lord who is merciful, who knows you and loves you and delights in you. So even now, as we confess our faith in Christ, we rejoice that Jesus confesses our name before the Father. And this is our hope. And this is our peace. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 8.30 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.